This episode has been brought to you by Made With Rage. Made With Rage is a black British-owned Etsy store selling Harry Potter and Star Wars face masks, perfect for this current times, swimwear, bags, and loads more. All products have been handmade with love and care, and bespoke requests are welcome. To find out more, click on the link in the description, or visit etsy.com slash madewithrage0. You said you'd come. Lawrence, hope Hello, hello. Welcome to episode number 82 of the Wulong Talks podcast. My name is Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you know by now, and I'm joined as ever by my friend, my partner in crime, Mr. Rich Kidd, aka Mr. Rich Reviews, aka just Rich. <laughs> Rich, what's up, man? <laughs> what's happening, people? What's happening? Cool, cool, cool. Well, good to be back on the horse again. Thanks for joining us, listeners. Um, if you don't know who we are, we are Wulong Talks. We are myself, Jason and Rich, aka Rich Reviews. And what we do here is we talk about movies, comic books, gaming, and all the kind of geeky stuff that you love. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing um, the latest episodes from One Division. Uh, hopefully, you've checked out our previous episode where we had our special guests, uh, Dan from Dan's Distillery and M from Verbal Diorama, helping us break down the first two episodes. So today, we're going to have a chat where, about episodes three and four and all of the good stuff that's coming out of that. And boy, is that show getting exciting. But firstly, we're going to talk a little bit about Resident Evil. Um, before we do that, uh, Rich, do you want to tell us if you've been gaming or reading any comic books or anything like that recently? You know what? Um, basically, I mean, if you haven't, well, I'm not sure how th- these episodes are going to be put out there, but I did mention it in the last episode, which isn't out there yet, but it will be. So there's going to be some form of Freaky Friday quantum time travel type of thing. So you may be listening to this for the first time or you may be hearing it for the second time. But my phone's been off. So uh, my phone basically just stopped working. It just died of me, let's say, about the, the first week of Jan. So I kind of unplugged from, the, from everything. And I've just been doing a lot of writing. Haven't really been watching or reading anything, per se. Um, and then I just kind of just got stuck into the whole UFC leading up to Conor McGregor and the whole Max Holloway fights. So I've actually been a bit of a disgrace to the geek, to the geek community um, for the past few weeks. Um, but on top of that, I've actually been battling with... Um, with Google via email and on Twitter as well, which I've been a bit more prevalent on. Um, but yeah, but apart from that, yeah, nothing else. But I just got my new replacement phone back today. So um, I feel like when Iron Man in Iron Man 3 realizes that he is the mechanic and he has a problem and all he needs to do is fix it. So daddy's home, man. Daddy's, daddy's home. <laughs> <laughs> it's ironic that basically you losing your phone has led to you actually getting onto twitter finally after all these years (laughs) (laughs) 
But um, yeah, he is on Twitter. He is on Twitter, folks. Um, it's uh, is at Rich Reviews, is it? Or at Rich yeah, 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 266? Yeah. I can't remember. Rich, Rich Reviews 266, yeah. That's it, yeah. yeah. At Rich Reviews 266. Um, you can read Richard's musings on Twitter and, and things like that. They're usually quite good. Um, he usually does a, a few kind of pitch ideas and, and has a bit of fun with it. And I'm sure there'll be plenty more to come from him um, on Twitter. So go and bombard him and send him loads of memes and stuff. Um, bring it, bring it. <laughs> oh, and also we should probably mention um, the uh, thing you were doing uh, this week on Instagram as well with uh, oh, yes. Mangeek. Yes, 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 yes. So basically there's, a, there's an artist on Instagram who I've been following for quite some time. And his name is called, it, well, basically his Instagram name is Rodrigo.Lorenzo.Art. And what he does, well, he, I mean, he, aside from just basically just doing, you know, comic book illustrations and stuff, he's basically set up his own Marvel UFC. So basically Marvel Ultimate Fighting Championships League. Um, and what he does is that he, you know, basically gets Marvel, Marvel comic book characters and brings them into the, in quotation marks, real world, um, but eliminates their powers. So he gives them stats, you know, such as like grappling stats, you know, and, and striking stats and takedown stats. Um, he obviously has, you know, the, the official information from the from the official Marvel comic book universe um, guides. So you know, you got this, you know, you got leg reach, you got height, you got weight. Um, but he's actually also gives all of them like their own brand new design, which is you know current or in on trend with basically UFC fighters. So they might have particular tattoos or a particular type of hairstyle. And then what he does then is that he creates a weight division, uh, throws everybody to that weight division, and then he starts to pair them up. And then he puts the votes out on, in, on Instagram and social media. And then whatever the vote says, he then basically then draws the, the conclusion to that fight. So I thought to myself while watching UFC the past few weeks intently, because I don't have a phone as well, um, one of the things that I found interesting, and, and I'm sure this is the same thing about like, you know, I mean, you can still attest to this, Jason, you know, people that watch wrestling. It's never, it's never just the match that is great. It's the lead up to the match. And it's the, you know, it's, it's the breakdowns that people bring to the match. So I just thought to myself, you know, because the man geek always messages me when this, this um, Lorenzo guy posts up, a, you know, posts up a new, a new contestant, how we go into these deep conversations. So I thought to myself, let me just do like an Instagram live where basically, you know, we do a breakdown of each character. And, um, you know, so basically whether it be the history and the characteristics that they have from the comic book, take some of those, bring that into the actual UFC championship that he's, he's, he's doing, and then see how we think the fight should play out. Um, so we had our first episode on Thursday and it went, it went quite well. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I was quite happy with it. So what we'll do is that on my Instagram and on my, on my Twitter, I will post up when we're going to do our new episode. And then obviously you'll see some posts on Wulong Talks and we're going to do our new episode as well. So if any of you guys are interested in, uh, you know, drawings, which I'm sure you are, because that's one of the reasons why you're here. And if you're interested in Marvel, which I'm sure you are, because that's the reason why you're here. And if you're interested in fighting in any way, where your form uh, doesn't necessarily have to be UFC, you will find this interesting because we do go into quite a bit of depth in regards to styles and um, and how these styles are linked to you know these particular characters. But um, but yeah, give us a shout. 
Yeah, awesome, man. I have to say, listeners, I I got to check out the um the first Instagram live chat with them, and um yeah, it was a lot of fun. So if you're into uh, comic books and you're into UFC as well, then it's a match made in heaven for you. So definitely make sure you go and check that out. I think you can still see uh, the one they recorded this week. It should be on um, Rich's IG page, I believe. Um, yes, but is, he'll yeah. he'll let you know at the end of uh, this show how you can um, find him on IG. And check that out but um definitely do so if you've got an instagram account because yeah man it's a lot of fun and we're trying to figure out a way that we can hopefully spread um those videos further so um watch this space and, and we'll do a little bit of digging and see if there's a way we can get that out um to the wider audience as well because uh, i think it's worth it and and um as i said it's a lot of fun so yeah look out for those uh all right well let's kick off man um Firstly, you said we're, we're going to talk a little bit about Resident Evil 8, a.k.a. Resident Evil Village. Um, last week, we got an official launch from Capcom uh, for the new installation of, of the long-running survival horror franchise. Um, I know there's a lot of Resident Evil fans out there. Um, you know, myself and Rich have, have played the games and, and we're somewhat fans too. So we thought we'd give you our kind of uh, two pence worth, I guess, on what we saw and, and what kind of things uh, Capcom is promising. Um, first of all, though, Rich, I think we probably can't even have this discussion without talking about the elephant in the room, or shall we say the big vampire lady in the room? Um, as you've been kind of unplugged from the internet, I don't know how much of this you've been picking up um, over the past couple of weeks, but when the uh, first trailer dropped for Resident Evil 8, um, it featured a, a character quite prominently in there that the internet has dubbed Big Vampire Lady. Um, more specifically, it's kind of become a, a viral sensation um, and people, and I somewhat shamefully include myself in this, have basically fallen in love with this character um, and perhaps want to do very dirty things with this character. Look, let's just say this character is bringing up the sub in everybody and leave it at that. Yeah, But um, this character is uh, has finally been named as well. So we have a, a name for her. But um, Rich, have you been catching any of the big vampire lady memes? And um, have you seen big vampire lady? Um, you know, I have seen Big Vampire Lady. Just the lady with the with the wide brim hat, with the big hat putting on the, yes. the red lipstick. Yeah, yeah. You know, she she's a bit slim for me, but she's a bit of a she's a hottie still. Yeah, I actually haven't caught any of these memes. I, like I said, literally, I think where we were going to do the recording today, that's when I and it was basically last night when I started. You know, say okay, let me start catching up on everything properly. So, bar, you know, the only geek thing I've actually been doing this past few weeks was geeking out on, like, something new on, on the, watching the UFC and that guy Lorenzo's art page. Because what I didn't want to do is get so plugged into other forms of media um, and then, you know, come across some spoilers or something and then not being able to talk about it or tweet about it myself. So it was a bit of a, it was a bit, it's been a bit bittersweet, so to speak. But, um, I didn't know, no. So look, what this lady is like the new thing. Is she like the new, is she replaced Bayonetta? Because I think Bayonetta is mm. someone who's gone down in history as, or like oh, yeah, 2B yeah. from, 
or two be from Nia in her yeah. in her in her in her, in her maid outfit, you know, or uniform, whatever you want to call it. So this new vampire lady, she's the new she's the new hot thing, yeah. She is very much um, touching parts of the nerd community that other characters can't reach at the moment. Um, there's been a lot of inspiration as well. Some people have, have decided to cosplay as this character and, and done, pulled really? up some really stuff and uh, really good cosplays. And, um, you know, a lot of artists have been inspired by it as well. Um, but yeah, the kind of running joke at the moment uh, across the internet is is how much people want to get stepped on by, <laughs> by the big vampire <laughs> lady, basically. <laughs> Um, so loads of the memes are out there listeners I'm sure you've probably seen all of these already um, but some interesting kind of tidbits have come out about that character since then um, and, and since Capcom's launch uh, basically the the name of the character is Alcina Dimitrescu and um, she is known as the lady of the castle where a, a portion of the game is set um, she also has uh, two daughters that we've met so far in, uh, in terms of trailers and, and gameplay footage. Um, and apparently these daughters are based on the, the Brides of Dracula. Um, so they're kind of their look and, and their mannerisms is kind of inspired by that. Um, Alcina Dumitrescu herself apparently is based on a Japanese urban legend. Um, I'm about to try and pronounce the name and I'm probably going to butcher it, but uh, apparently it's Hachishakusuma (laughs) (laughs) is the legend now. Japanese people are probably going, what the fuck is this guy just saying? Um, But yeah, apparently this is an old uh, Japanese legend of a woman uh, who's eight foot tall with a wide brimmed hat and uh, a white dress who kidnaps children. Um, so a lot of people are speculating that that's who Alcina Dumitrescu is, is kind of based on in terms of the, the character model and the inspiration um, for this character as well. There's also, I have to say, something of the tyrant about her as well um, and kind of um, kind of getting not quite Nemesis vibes, but definitely of that kind of program and, and, and that side of, of, of the program of Umbrella Corporation from her. So it'll be interesting to kind of find out more about that character or where the character came from and all of that in, in the uh, in the game as, as more details come out. But um, did you get a chance to look at the, the launch at all and to see any of the gameplay footage and stuff and, and kind of how it's looking? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 did, I did get it. I mean, I mean, we can start on it now or we can kind of work our way through it. But um, I mean, I think I might be in the minority. I mean, a very, very, very small minority where it's like, I'm not sure how I feel about it, man. Mm. And it's the same for like Resident Evil 7. I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of, I wasn't a fan of the first person, first person perspective. Um, mm. I mean, don't get me wrong, everything was done very, very well. And, it, you know, and it was, you know, I can't knock that. I mean, me and you, Jay, we went to um, the, the Resident Evil 7 launch um, mm, mm. When, when, when it first came out a couple of years ago, where we had to line up for a few hours, and, you know, and, you know, and, and try and get, a, try and squeeze a game in. But um, I don't know. I, I just, I just miss the, you know what I miss? I, I like the fact that it's super, super scary. And obviously, if you play it with VR, it's even, you know, it's 10 times scarier. But the thing that I do miss about Resident Evil is the whole thing of the over-the-shoulder camera and when you get into certain places where the, the, the camera angle is so off and so wild, <laughs> yeah, that it, it, just, it just amps up the action and amps up the, you know, the, the fear factor. Hmm. Um, 
But in saying that, you know what? I've only ever played the Resident Evil demo once, and that's, like I said, at the launch. I won't, as much as my decision has been made, I will at some point go and get Resident Evil 7 anyway, because I'm sure it's, it's for dirt cheap. Um, and then and then see how I feel about it from there. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a bit of a stickler for you know for for change. But the main reason I'm saying this is because the the first few Resident Evils, let's say like Resident Evil one to three, and then you got Code Veronica, and then Resident Evil zero, they had a very very basic way of playing it, which became very very outdated. And when it changed to Resident Evil four, which was over the shoulder camera, it was just perfect. It was literally the perfect blend of your running around, shooting stuff, uh, your puzzles, and also being in a horror environment as well. Whereas like this one has put you more in the horror environment, which I suppose it's the, is the MO for the Resident Evil franchise anyway. But um, we'll, see. We'll, see, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll hmm. see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I, I do like, from, from what I saw of the footage, I, I like the aesthetic and... and you know the um the the world design and the world building are, are, are all amazing um and the footage really kind of showcased um you know the the power of of kind of next gen uh, consoles and next gen technology in the resident evil world and, and the amount of detail that you can get so you know on that level it, it was amazing um i'm kind of with you in a sense that i i'm not necessarily pumped for resident evil village but i I will probably check it out because um you know it's resident evil uh resident evil 7 as as rich said you know we were lucky enough to to go along to a launch event for that a couple of years ago um we got to try it out in vr and stuff um and that was pretty cool though the vr like just didn't agree with me i i suffer from motion sickness really badly so it's really difficult for me i to the point where i had to take the vr off and just play it on on a normal screen because it it was too much for me. Um, but yeah, you know, the, in terms of the like the footage that we got, it, it looks you know really well polished and and really well made. There's nothing, as you said, there's nothing really that you can point at and say, oh, okay, I'm not sure that that looks all right. Um, you know, they've got some good uh, mechanics in there. I like the guarding function, um, which apparently is going to be needed in this game because you'll come under attack quite heavily um from your enemy so you'll have to know when to guard and when to dodge as as well as kind of stand and and shoot so um that might change up the the experience a little bit but i know what you mean about the the the, the shift from kind of first from third person to first person it's um Yeah. yeah it isn't quite the same and i guess in a way you kind of have to take into account that you know, times change and, you know, they want to try and do something different. So it's like, okay, cool. You know, we get that. And, and I suppose you can make the argument that in being done in first person mode rather than third person, it, they're trying to immerse you even more into the, the story in the world and, and things like that. But, but yeah, I guess, um, you know, because we're of a certain vintage and we remember, you know, the, the old school Resident Evils and, and those games and, you know, those games kind of gripped us, even though they weren't, you know, first person, then I suppose that that argument for us may not necessarily hold as, as much water. But but yeah, I was impressed by um, the footage. I mean, you know, as you said, technically, there was nothing wrong with it at all. It, it looks, you know, all foreboding. Um, it does look very scary. Um, along with the, the footage, uh, they released a, a demo called Resident Evil Maiden as well. Um, which you could play, but I think is only on for now on PlayStation Five and Xbox. Uh, yeah, 
yeah on on the new xbox and, and playstation basically um which i've managed to watch some gameplay footage of and, and it looks um again looks really good well polished you know all the things that you would expect from resident evil lots of puzzles and clues to collect as well as um interactions so you know there's lots of kind of stuff going on um within the game to to kind of keep you entertained and, and focused on it so it should be um you know it, it should be a fine gameplay experience if, if nothing else it's it's just i suppose from the two of us it's more just a personal kind of thing in terms of how we you know how we experience the resident evil franchise and, and kind of how um you know we're used to to doing it really but um mm. yeah it was it, it was you know like can't raise any complaints about what we saw necessarily it, it, it looked good you know, it does look good. Yeah. It looks very well polished. So um, we'll see what, what happens. We we got an official release date, which I believe is the 7th of May. Um, although I think pre-orders are open on next gen. So I think if you've got a next gen console, you can pre-order it now. I don't know if that's yeah. the case for PC and PS4 and, and Xbox One. Um, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, you should be able to pre-order it now if, if, if you're a big fan, really. Um, another thing we've got to look at as well is, is something called Resident Evil Reverse, I, be I believe it's called. I don't know if you saw this, yeah. Rich. Yeah, um, and it's essentially kind of like a Battle Royale style game for, for Resident Evil, like a spin-off almost, um, yeah. where, you're, where you're kind of versus um, different characters from the Resident Evil franchise. You can pick a, a character from the franchise and then go into kind of a Battle Royale style game. I guess kind of like Fortnite and and, and PUBG mm -hmm. and the like. So um, that I was kind of like, nah, whatever, because I'm not a big fan of those Battle Royale type games anyway. Yeah. So, so it kind of did nothing for me to see that. Um, but I will ask you, I mean, it, it seems a bit late in the day for Resident Evil to be trying to get into that, considering how well-established, you know, Fortnite and PUBG, you said, are already. Um, and then you add Call of Duty into the mix as well. Um, you know, do you see that being successful for them, for Capcom, them trying to do well, that? Well, the thing is, you know, I, I, I think I can see it being successful just because that style of gameplay doesn't, it, 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 it's, ne it's, ne it's never going to get old. It's not going to die out. Like you said, we've got the Fortnites, we've got the Destinies, we've got the, the PUBG. Um, but then once again, it then makes me question of like, if you're going to do that, why have you decided to make Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8 in a first person perspective then, if you're going to do it like this, you know, you know, like the over, over the shoulder type of thing where it's an open, open world. I don't know. It, it just feels like it's a bit, what, are you just trying to, Put your fingers in all pies just because of you know you want to keep everybody happy um yeah i mean to, i mean as much as i'm a resident evil fan that game isn't going to interest me the same reason why um uncharted um the, the uncharted free open world roman fighting game didn't interest me um and it's not a fan it's not because i'm not a fan i'm not a fan of those games like i'm a big destiny fan as, as you guys know it's just i think games like Resident Evil and games like Uncharted, what makes them so special and so intimate is that you're caught in this, in, in this storyline and mm, that's it. Mm. Like, I, I don't want to be Chris Redfield and like, you know, get thrown into an arena and, and then somebody's the tyrant and then all I've got to do is just be able to get over here and shoot this person and then wait for the next game to load up. No, I want to be able to participate in a storyline and then once I've defeated this person, I want to see the cutscene 
I want to see the progression of the story. So it, it did not interest me in the slightest. And I don't know, like watching the whole, um, you know, like the whole Resident Evil, because I think it's their 25th anniversary as well. Or yeah, watching, watching, watching everything. It just, I just felt really lost. Like there was nothing there for me to say, oh my God, I'm so glad that, you know, that Capcom have taken their fingers out of the arses and, and I'm making things a bit better. I, I didn't, I didn't feel that way in regards to quite a few things, man. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, as said, reverse. I, I, I just on a personal level, I, I don't really see that appealing to me as such because I'm just not a massive fan of, of that type of game. And um, I, I would agree with you to be honest. I think the 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 appeal of Resident Evil and and games like that is the story you know it's because their storytelling is so good that's what kind of what sucks you in so if you remove that element from the game um and you effectively just make it a battle royale game is 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 that going to work really with the the characters that they've got but i mean maybe it will be as you said because you know it is popular um you know when i totally accept <laughs> that i'm an old man and i don't like i don't like change <laughs> i like things to be the way they are so um you know it it's entirely possible that there's this massive audience out there that's going to lap it all up and and I'll just have to sit there and 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 play my Resident Evil 2 still but um but yeah no you're you're right i mean the um considering it is the uh, as you said the 25th anniversary of Resident Evil it, it's surprising that the presentation as a whole seemed a little bit flat i mean i know obviously you know we're in a covid world so there's restrictions on what you can do and um, you know, you try and do things as, as much as you can. But I, watching the whole presentation, I was a bit like, hmm, what, that's it, really? So, you know, you it's the 25th anniversary of, of one of your greatest franchises, and, and that's what you're going to do. You know, it, it just yeah. seemed weird to me. So I, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, as, as a part of the... Um, as a part of the presentation, we also got a snippet of the Resident Evil animated series that they're working on with Netflix at the moment as well. Um, yeah. And when I say snippet, I do mean a snippet. I mean, I thought we might at least get a teaser trailer, but nah, they they literally showed you one frame and was like, yep, this is what we're working on with Netflix. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then bounced out. Yeah. Um, so we can't even really talk about it, apart from the fact that Leon looks pretty snazzy in a blue suit, and that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's, that's literally all we can kind of comment on with that. Um, I mean, I hope that, that we get a good series. I, I guess you're hoping the same thing, Rich. I, I don't know if you've got any expectations of that um i mean to be fair I, this this will be what the third will it be the third one or the fourth um animated resident evil that we've received from them? this is probably the the third i think yeah yeah I, I think it's okay. third okay because the first one was a bit meh but the second one was really good and i mean i mean you can't get i mean you know what scene i'm going to talk about you can't get better than leon doing gun through gun carter against zombies oh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> i'm here for that i'm here for that <laughs> so um so you know so i think they finally found their footing in regards to the type of animation that they want to give us and the type of you know action that they want to give us as well and also the type of horror that they want to give us so um so i'm i'm here i'm here for it i'm here for the for the tv show for definite and just because I, i'm a big fan of leon kennedy anyway and i've always found it a bit funny because Leon came in the second part, whereas like the original hero was always meant to be Chris Redfield, you know, mm. and, then, and he kind of got kind of got put to the side when, when Leon when Leon turned up, and then obviously 
they've used Leon as, you know, the, the face, so to speak, um, for the Resident Evil franchise. But um, but yeah, that TV show, I'm here for that, man. Like, you know, I, you know, I love a, I love a good CGI, a, a good CGI animation. Yeah, man, for sure, for sure. So we um uh, we didn't really get a, a confirmation on the release date on that. I think they said it would be 2022. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but we'll check that out and, and follow up on that. And obviously, as more news comes out, we on World Long Talks will let you know. All right, um, let's get on to some One Division chat, man. Because um, yeah, this show is uh, it's, it's it's doing stuff for me. It's doing lots of stuff for me. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, we're really enjoying it. As said, um, listeners, hopefully you've checked out the previous uh, episode of the podcast where we discussed this with Dan and M, and we kind of broke down what uh, was happening and what we think might be happening and what may happen going forward. Uh, and the next two episodes, episode three and four, have been released, and we've checked those out. And um, yeah, there's a whole load of crazy going on, man. So um, let, let's get into it. Really, um, episode three was was great. We were um, in sitcom world uh, with Wonder and Vision. It was uh, it was kind of the seventies era, wasn't it? They, they were kind of yeah. referencing a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, which was amazing. And um, following sort of on from episode two. Uh, in episode three, we get to see this rapid progression of Wanda's pregnancy at the end of episode two um, and the different kind of effects that that seems to have on her and, and how that kind of um, shapes uh, her relationship with, with Vision and with the world around her and things like that. Um, and one of the things that we, we see, Rich, is that she's kind of... Um, in that episode kind of losing control of her powers and is creating a few kind of sight gags and, and things like that. Um, how did you feel about kind of the way that that played out in episode three? Um, I, I did like it. I mean, it was, it was, you know, the, you know, like we've said before, the one thing in regards to where they've been doing these TV show, I was going to say spin-offs or rip-offs. I'd be like, no, that's not the right word. These perfect homages to these shows from particular periods is that, They've just got everything so right from the colors to the the beats of where they're talking and like how you know where they're dropping you know the you know the, the jokes that and you know down to even the you know the, the the laughing track from the background of you know which is meant to be the audience they, they this is this is just it's such a good show that every time I watch an episode I just go wow like you've actually just stepped it up another level like the MCU, like right now, the MCU is, I'm not going to say that I've forgotten about it, but it generally feels like quite a distant memory. And it feels like now that they've given me like the TV show and where we've just come off, you know, a couple of months ago from having like the Mandalorian, like I'm not even sure if I even want big time movies anymore. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, having a TV yeah. show just really seems to be going, really seems to be the way forward now. You know what I mean? I mm. mean, what would you like? Would you like a, a three hour movie of, you know, Endgame, or would you like a eight hour TV show of Endgame? You know, oh. I mean, like we, we've watched um, Watchmen, um, you know, the, you know, a continuation of Watchmen a couple of years ago. And that's a prime example of like taking a franchise or taking a storyline and, and really running with it and keeping everybody happy because it is giving you enough time to touch all the beats um, and really flesh out parts of a story that you wouldn't normally be able to do in, in, in a film. Um, yeah, but yeah, but with, with all basically with like the last two episodes that we've, we've been watching, they've just been freaking great, man. Mm. They've just been amazing. This is like really, really amazing. 
Mm-hmm. They have. They really have. I mean, um, what I, I liked about episode three and, and what kind of carries on into episode four is there's a, a slight tonal shift there. Um, things start to get a little bit dark and a little bit foreboding. And mm-hmm. even though the, you you kind of had that sense in um, episodes one and two, you really kind of feel it more in episodes three and four. Um, you know, particularly as things unfold in episode three with uh, Wanda's pregnancy and how it rapidly starts to take hold of her. Um, and then the next thing you know, she's given birth to two twin uh, children. Um, and, you know, what kind of plays out as a result of that and and the way that um, Geraldine kind of, kind of confronts Wanda in a way um, and, and, starts talking about her brother being killed by Ultron and um you know and how that kind of then creates this shift in in Wanda's character this subtle shift in her character where you start to kind of see a dark side of her that we haven't really seen since well since I guess Endgame since when she was snapped back and and confronted Thanos um we kind of haven't seen that side of her really so far in this um WandaVision and you know you've seen it there and it's a bit like oh okay there's the the Scarlet Witch right there um mm-hmm. you know and and uh also obviously the, the the things that are happening with like Herb who's there you know drilling down the wall instead of cutting the um the the branches and, and and the grass in the garden um and then the conversation that vision vision has with um agatha and and um sorry not agatha agnes and yeah. herb you know and and the way that agnes is kind of like um you know where's where's geraldine like where is she and, and one and vision's like why and she's like well you know she she don't have no house she, she's kind of come from nowhere and and all of, all of that kind of built up the the tension in in that episode and made you think okay clearly you know they're aware something else is going on and it always seemed like geraldine didn't quite fit and i think it was um m who said you know in the previous uh podcast recording when we were talking about the previous two episodes she was talking about how you know geraldine was clearly kind of making things up as she went along um yeah. and, and it was clear that she didn't kind of seem to to understand where she was or, or or kind of um not that she didn't understand where she was but that she was clearly somebody who was um not quite of this environment you know um and yeah. now we we kind of get answers as to why in in episode um three and four which is amazing um what did you think of like the the end of episode three and the way that kind of set things up for episode four and 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 kind of things like that um did you have any kind of uh theories that were then confirmed for you by episode four what what happens at the end of episode three again is that when she well that's when um yeah that's when uh wanda kind of um basically expels uh Geraldine from the the That's environment yes, that yes. she's in um and in episode four they do something super cool which is they kind of explain why there's been these kind of jump cuts and, and flashes and, and we'll get to that but um yeah. yeah in episode three you don't really see the detail of it you just know that Wanda had something to do with Geraldine no longer being there um, and yeah. then the next thing we see is Geraldine kind of flying through the air and, and then landing on on the ground um and then you realize there's this massive kind of military presence that surrounds this this area um so yeah you know just thinking like it what did that kind of 
tie, marry up with with anything that, that you were thinking in terms of um, uh, sort of theories and stuff? Well, well basically, what I, what I thought was, um, I think that basically when Geraldine gets expunged from the little, you know, West, what's it called? Westview, right? Westview, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When, when she gets expunged by Westview, if we're going by Marvel comic books and basically the power base that Geraldine should, should we just call Geraldine by her real name now? Should we just call her? Um, I think you can. I mean, basically, episode yeah. four it, it kind of reveals the, the the spoilers for those who didn't know. So yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So, so basically, Geraldine is Geraldine's real name is Monica Rambeau. So she is that she's actually the daughter of. Um, What's the, what's the mum's name again? Uh, Maria, Maria Rambo. Yeah, uh, of, Maria, of Maria Rambo, who you meet in Captain Marvel and is actually a friend of Captain Marvel. So um, she was actually the little girl um, in the Captain Marvel movie, which is set in the 90s. Um, in the comic books, she's a character who's gone by quite a few names, uh, most notably Captain Marvel. And she's also gone by the name Spectrum. And she's also, or she goes by the name Spectrum now. And she's also gone by the name of Photon. Uh, so... And her powers is she's basically able to manipulate her DNA and atom structure to anywhere on the, let's say, I think it's the infrared spectrum or any form of spectrum or any, any form of light spectrum. So she can appear as infrared lights, um, some form of laser beams, you know, anything like that. So what got me thinking is that when she gets kicked out from Wonder's little town, which is basically just one big, massive television signal of somewhat so to speak i think that it basically alters with her genetic makeup and this is how she gets her powers if she does get powers in the end so that's what i've got from her being getting kicked out um and that's the only thing i could think of as to how to tie how she would get these powers and i think it would be a reverse of what has actually happened in marvel comics whereas when wanda says no more mutants she gets rid of mutants, whereas like in this universe, I think Wanda may actually be able to kickstart the genetic makeup of certain people in this, you know, this this Marvel or the, or the MCU, where people have the latent ability to have powers. So hmm. um, that's, that's, that's my theory just from episode three and what happens at the end of episode three and what I think is going to go forward. And if it does happen to go forward in that way, I think that could be one of the reasons why and be, you know, what we're going to see later on down the line. Yeah, it seems like they're, they're definitely kind of seeding things for the future. Um, and it, it would be interesting to see if, if this set of events is, you know, the, the, the kind of spark that, that ultimately leads to uh, Monica gaining the powers that she does um so yeah it would be interesting to see how they, they they deal with that in the remainder of the series but um yeah the ending of it was was just for uh, was just fantastic because it finally confirmed at the end of episode three that the the kind of thing that we su suspected all along which was that this was you know a fake world that that um had been created um that wonder and, and, and vision are existing in um and then in episode four we really kind of get start to get some reveals because we start to learn a bit more um we get confirmations of the existence of sword um as an organization which we kind of talked about in in the previous podcast and we got some nice kind of um throwbacks as well and and, and kind of links to the mcu through through sword as well because there was um 
you probably saw it, but there was the the picture of um, Monica's mother up on the wall, yes, um, yes. and the new director basically saying that you know her mother had had started Sword, that that she was the one who kind of founded um, Sword as an organization. Um, and that, you know, that was pretty cool because that obviously would make sense, you know, logically going by what her experiences would have been in Captain Marvel and meeting the scrolls and things like that, that obviously would have, um, you know, set her on a path to to use her military experience and her experience in in uh, Captain Marvel to then go down the road of, of, of setting up an organization like S.W.O.R.D. So, so yeah, that, you know, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but what I loved was that opening scene, um, the scene in the hospital in episode four, where yeah, you get to yeah. see for the first time, I think, in the MCU, really, uh, uh, people actually, you know, returning after the, the snap, after the initial um, events that occurred in, in Infinity War where Thanos, you know, wiped out half of, of existence within the universe. Um, you know, you, the, the visual effects in that scene were amazing where they kind of reversed the, the, the kind of dusting that happened and, and everybody yeah. suddenly starts coming back. That was, that was awesome. And the way it was done as well in the hospital was amazing. Um, so that was a, a kind of cool callback and, um, as said, we got lots of callbacks in this episode because we also got the return of um, two characters that uh, I think are, you know, kind of cult favorites. Um, we got the uh, return of Agent Jimmy Woo um, from the Ant-Man franchise. Uh, he's a, a really fun character and also somebody who's got a, a great history in the comic books. And Rich, I know you were you were saying um, a little bit about how um jimmy Wu actually plays quite a, a, a an interesting role in the mcu comic book so for those who don't know kind of the character background just explain a little bit about who he is basically he, he's like the the oriental james bond in, in in shield um and what i was saying to jason as well was as much as i did like the introduction of him in ant-man and the wasp i did feel that they did play him a bit a bit too much for like the, the jokey aspect of it um, whereas like in the comic books, he's, you know, he, he's good at his job, you know, he's, he's the type of person that Nick Fury would call on and be like, okay, listen, Agent Wu, we need you to go and do this. Um, there's been quite a few stories. Um, I mean, the last story that I actually read with him was actually a miniseries, and it was him versus the Winter Soldier. And it was where Agent Jimmy Wu had to keep, a, had to keep um, I think it was like a Russian scientist under protection, and they, you know, they worked the Winter Soldier to basically go and Go and, go and eliminate the, the scientists so you know they could still try and have the upper hand in regards to Hydra and um, and I just I just really like him as a character and that, his appearance in this did I think what it did it, it hammered home for me and it, I think it should hammer home for anybody else that's watching this is that as much as he's there for shits and giggles he is somebody that technically is good good at his job and that's the reason why he is there whether he needs to go and get help from Monica you know you know or he needs to go and get help from Darcy who we're going to talk about in a second um, he is good at his job and there's a reason why he's part of this organization. Um, the one thing I did miss out quickly um, in regards to episode three was the clothing that, Mo that Monica Rambeau was wearing in the 70s episode, which was like the white puffy sleeves and, and the blue vest. And then she had the chain um, with, the sword, um, with the sword necklace on it, which is technically, which kind of looks a bit like, um, like a star. If you go back and you look at Monica Rambeau's original outfit, when she first became Captain Marvel, she technically looks like that. She had big puffy white sleeves, and then she had like a um, the 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 body part of it was was blue, and it had a big star. 
and she also had a massive afro as well so the outfit that she's wearing in the 70s episode of WandaVision is a normal clothes version of her original Captain Marvel um, outfit as well um, so I just thought I'd throw that in there just as a little easter egg thing Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's very relevant, man. That's very, very relevant. So, yeah, that was a, a cool Easter egg. And one of the things I also picked up on um, in relation to S.W.O.R.D. was that their colour scheme seems to be blue and white. Um, now, maybe this is a reach, but I kind of was like, I wonder if they're kind of seeding the, you know, or starting to seed the existence of the Fantastic Four, because we know the Fantastic mm. Four movie is on the horizon. It's going to be directed yeah. by John Watts um, of the Spider-Man franchise. Um, but that kind of seemed interesting to me, especially because when uh, Monica turns up in episode four at S.W.O.R.D. and she's greeted by the the acting director, um, Hayward, I think his name is, um, they're discussing kind of an astronaut program that's not going so well, apparently. Um, and I was just thinking, hmm, I wonder if that is anything to do with anything. I mean, maybe it's absolutely nothing and I'm just, you know, blowing smoke, who knows. But but I thought that was pretty cool, to be honest. Um, so as well as the return of Agent Jimmy Woo, we got the return of Darcy as well from the Four franchise, which was cool. Yes. Um, yes. She's now a fully fledged uh, doctor in her own right, whereas uh, I think in the Four movies, she was just studying for her PhD at the time. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. she but, yeah. was um, an apprentice who wasn't getting paid for it because she kept on making note of that, didn't she? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was a nice callback. And of course, you know, her and Jimmy Woo crossing over gives us that kind of MCU crossover love that we we love to see. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, that was pretty cool as well, getting to see that. And you got a real sense of the scale of S.W.O.R.D. as an organisation at this point as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, you get a real sense of the size of it and, and kind of how... Uh, just how big, you know, um, S.W.O.R.D. is and, and how they've become. And considering, you know, it's kind of three years-ish, I guess, since the um, snapping, or maybe five years. I'm not sure. I'll have, I'll have to think about it. But, um, you know, it's grown pretty quickly in, in, in a, a short space of time. So clearly they are acknowledging that, you know, the, the, the MCU planet Earth is aware of now of from outer space and, and these things that can come from other dimensions that could affect them so you know the presence of sword there really uh, kind of does um, a lot to, to kind of see that so yeah that was interesting um, episode four really does kind of peel the layers back and show you that you know this world that has been created is um, a fictional world and that um, basically everybody who is inside the bubble i think if i've got this right everybody who's inside the bubble has no memory um so their memories have been wiped so they can't remember that you know there is another world outside this world and, and things like that whereas people on the outside are saying that um the town of westview is not actually called westview it's called eastview so like they basically this, this world has been completely manipulated even the outside world has been manipulated to become something that that is not there so um you know that was really cool and i got like i, I liked the kind of darcy's explanation of for what she thinks is happening um and i think jimmy Wu kind of summed it up where he goes so basically the universe has created a, a 1970s sitcom for uh, region and, and wonder and um you know that was was kind of like yeah you know that was that was kind of cool that was a a nice kind of confirmation of, of of what we've all been thinking and and how we've kind of been seeing things you know 
Um, was there anything else that you picked up on during that kind of uh, back and forth between um, Monica when we see that she kind of arrives at the scene and meets Jimmy Woo and then goes into the world and then, uh, you know, Darcy is brought in and, and her interactions with Jimmy Woo. Was there anything that you kind of picked up on there? Nothing that I picked up on. I mean, obviously it kind of shows this is taken, this episode is taking place during the same events as episodes one, two, and three, right? Mm. So, so, so we, yeah, so we know that much. So at least we, we got the answers as in regards to the helicopter. So it wasn't a helicopter per se. It actually was a drone that, that they sent in. So that, that kind of answered that question because that was one of the things that me, you, M, and Dan were talking about um, when we did our, the, the last recording. So, so that was one thing that got answered. Um, I'm trying to think if anything else actually like piqued my interest. Um, no, it, no, it, it didn't. I still find it really fascinating that there's no, hold on, where's Nick Fury meant to be at this moment in time? Uh, as far as we know, he's off world. He's so off world, he, but he's, he's still dead, right? Uh, no, he's alive. No, he's no, to the general populace. Oh, to the general populace. Um, no, he, he would still be alive to the general populace because remember he's being played um, by a scroll, a, a scroll is actually by impersonating him. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, whilst he was yeah. having his vacation off off world, um, you know, this it. this yeah, skull yeah. was 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 um, impersonating him. So I think he, yeah. I, uh, although, yeah, it's hard to say for certain because it, it's uh, they've not really explained that yet. So I I don't know if if a hundred percent the the MCU world thinks he's dead and and that he's still running around there or whether they're aware that he's still alive in some form i'm not sure so yeah it's difficult yeah. to say yeah no because I, I just i just found it a bit i don't know I, i'm not saying that he is part of setting sword up in the comic books but i know i just thought it would have been a nice little throwback or i would have auto automatically just assumed that he would have been one of the people that would have helped to set sword up anyway just for the simple fact that he was there when carol danberg was there and when maria rambeau was there as well um, so that was, so I'm not sure if like, if there's something where they're trying to keep him out of the books or just trying to keep him out of the limelight in regards to certain things. But that mm. is one thing that I, that I did pick up on just because we seem to be getting quite a few characters that are being brought back that we were just like, oh, okay, we haven't seen them for a little while. And, you know, just because we saw them in the movies, we never, that didn't necessarily mean that they were going to come back in a TV show. But like you said, where we've got like a Darcy and where we've got, a, a, you know, a Jimmy Woo, and where we've got an adult version of um, of Monica, I was thought there would have been, and when we see the picture of Maria on the on on the wall, I thought um, there would have been a mention of Nick Fury, but um, maybe maybe he's nothing to do with swords, even though he's working for swords. So I don't know. Yeah, it could be. I mean, bear in mind he he will be um, back because Nick Fury obviously is going to be part of um, the Secret Invasion TV show that yeah. they're doing, um, which will yeah I think star Samuel Jackson and, and Ben Mendelsohn and reprising mm. his character Thalos so so yeah um you know he he's around and, and he will be there so yeah we're not sure yet as to what the connection is between him and, and sword and and um what that represents so I suppose we're just gonna have to wait and see how things um kind of unfold there really mm. um but yeah I mean that, that, that Oh, yes, that's it. There was one thing that I noticed that I wanted to mention to you. Did you notice the um, when they were starting to identify the people who are in Westview, in the town Westview, when they started pulling up their driver's licenses and putting names to, to faces and things like that? Did you notice on the board, Agnes doesn't have a driver's license on there? It's only her picture that they've got. 
and nothing else. No, I didn't notice that, you know. I didn't I, I noticed that. I don't ask me how, because <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. know. But I was just like, wait a minute, they, they, there's nothing there for Agnes. So I had to go back and watch the episode again. And then yeah. I was like, yeah, like I paused it and I was like, yeah, there's nothing there under her name. So that led me to two things. It led me to think either one, she's the um the person in witness protection that has gone missing that kind of sparks yeah. Jimmy Wood's presence being there. And if so, why was she in witness protection and what does she know? Or two, does we are we diving down the rabbit hole here and are we getting more and more closer to the presence of Mephisto and kind of dark things going on there because you know if she's somebody who they can't identify it means they either can't as I said they can't find a record because she's under witness protection and they've removed all of her records or mm. she's somebody who's kind of playing tricks there and another uh, another thing that led me to do that is um I don't know if you saw at the end of the episode they had like um they've released like a promo for the next episode episode five Mm. And there's a scene where um, it looks like it's set in the 80s and um, Wanda and, and Vision and Agnes are in this scene together and something seems to go wrong. And then she goes, oh, let's just take it from the top and walks away like she's very much aware that she's on a film set, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and like, yeah, she's very much aware that this is not real. And at the end of episode four, we, we get the, you know, the revelation that it's Wanda who's controlling everything and, and, and um, or certainly appears to be the one who is controlling everything and is in control of this environment and manipulating this environment. But if that's the case, how comes Agnes knows that? And how is she able to say, OK, let's just take it from the top and walk away? Because in theory, she shouldn't be able to do that if it's Wanda who's controlling everything that's happening. So, um, you know, that kind of made me think like, oh, like maybe there's something more going on there again maybe i'm just getting wild i, I don't know but um <laughs> but yeah it just kind of sort me it kind of sort of got me thinking about that you know so so that was pretty cool i, I thought as well um yeah was there anything else i mean the director i don't know about you but i i kind of felt that director was giving me vibes that he's a bad guy of, 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 of who the director of sword yeah you know it, it did feel it, he did feel that way it just felt a bit that, false didn't it like everything yeah. like the kind of the, the 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 kind of fake warmness and when he was talking to monica at the beginning about oh you know i'm an acting director and i shouldn't be director it should be your mother and and all that he was laying it on a bit thick and i was a bit like mm. and then kind of when they get to um when they get to westview um, if you remember when they figure out that um, there's a television broadcast going on, he just ups and leaves. He's just like, okay, make sure you get everything sent to HQ and then off he goes. And I was like, hold on a minute, where are you going? You're like the director. Why are you walking away when they've made this big discovery? Unless yeah. there's something else that you know, or, or, you know, maybe he's serving somebody else. Um, and I've seen people online say maybe he's Hydra and, and, and maybe he is, um, but I think he's serving somebody else. And again, that's what keeps bringing me back to Mephisto. Maybe because I'm just desperate for, for Mephisto to be part of this show. I don't know. But yeah. um, it, it just, yeah, for, for me, for him, it just felt fake. Everything he was doing felt fake. And I was like, no, nah, there's, there's something up with you. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we find out more um, about him going forward and stuff like that. But um, Well, yeah. I tell you, in fact, you just remind me, I'll tell you one thing that did catch my eye. 
um, I think it was in episode three, the episode when Wanda was actually having the baby. And um, there's a bit, there's a scene when, when she's going, when she's having her, her labor pains and she does the whole, you know, the, the electricity outage or the shortage mm. throughout the town. And it goes to one of the houses. And I think that's, whose house was that? Dottie, was it Dottie's house that it goes to? It's Dottie's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically Dottie comes in and goes, oh, you know what? These earrings make me look fat. And then basically it's Dottie's husband sitting in the chair. Mm. And, then he answer, and then he answers the question. And then he looks at the, then he looks at the screen almost as if he breaks the fourth wall. When he, when, I think he says something to crack a joke. But one of the things that I did notice is that behind him to the, what would be our left, which would probably be his right, there's a stack, there's um, a lamp, and the lamp has two twins, which I think are like um, Romulus and Remus, mm. which are two twins, which are from like, you know, I think Roman, um, I think Roman mythology or Roman history or something like that. I can't remember. Yes, Roman so mythology. Behind, yeah, Roman mythology, right? So you've got that. And then obviously you get the two twins that are born in that episode as well. Um, but the newspaper that the guy is reading in the chair mentions something about Hydra, but it kind of like play, has a play on words in regards to the blurb. So like something about a Hydra fountain or Hydra pump. Or oh, like I that. think it's a fire hydrant. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a fire but hydrant, it, but right? they folded the paperback so it just says Hydra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and hmm. then and then he look and then he looks at the screen and like I said, and he's so far he's the first person to break the fourth wall that I know of in this show. So, was either, so I'm, I was thinking maybe it's one or two things. Maybe he could be Mephisto, um, and that's the reason why he's able to break, um, you know, break, uh, break the fourth, break, break the fourth wall and look at that short audience. Or maybe they are just playing into the whole, you know, the way how they're telling jokes for that particular period where he's breaking the fourth wall. Um, but that that's one thing I did note straight away because it just seemed like such a random shot or to be put into the show. Especially for the simple fact that it was such a fleeting moment, I think that I think that scene lasted what, like a few seconds, didn't it? Mm, mm. So yeah, so so I was thinking that maybe he's a Hydra agent who's mm. been sent in there to try and also, um, you know, use um, Wanda as a weapon, the same way how Sword have gone in there to try and, you know, try and deal with Wanda in some way or form, or maybe he actually is Mephisto, and, you know may put in a big bad if he Mephisto is the big bad in this TV show is it necessarily somebody that we're going to see from the get-go maybe mm. he's going to be the person in the background you know it's like like watching an episode of Colombo or you know a touch of frost or something sometimes the main bad person isn't necessarily the one that you see all the time he's just that one in the background who you think is who's not important he's like a red shirt mm. from you know you know from Star Trek mm. um, so yeah so, so that, that did catch my eye as well yeah 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 i mean maybe there is um something more with that guy although they they were able to identify him because he was i from what i remember they did have a driver's license up for him um yeah. agnes was the only one who didn't but but then again that doesn't rule out your theory um you yeah. know it, it could be that this is uh, mephisto in in an assumed identity because you know he's the devil so he could take any form he wants so um you know that wouldn't stop it from happening so basically people we think the devil is involved (laughs) (laughs) that's the bottom line to draw out of these final two episodes um was there anything else you wanted to add on to that um no I I think I think those are the only things that really really caught my eye and made me think about like oh okay so this this is how they this is how they're working with stuff so yeah Cool. Awesome. All right, listeners. Well, um, we will draw a line under that, but we will carry on 
watching one division as you have been and uh we will continue to give you our breakdowns of the episodes of specifically of the easter eggs and the kind of references and our theories and stuff i, I think you guys like that and, and we have a lot of fun chatting about it as well um and it seems like i said if you've seen the promo uh, promo for episode five that there's a lot more going on than um many people in in the mcu appear to know so we'll keep on top of that and we'll keep you informed as to how things go um right rich i think we're gonna draw a line under this episode i believe um so yeah let's call it a day man um listeners thanks a lot for joining us uh we really really enjoy uh having you with us and rich can you let people know uh where they can find you and stuff Yep, so you can find me on Rich Reviews on Instagram and also Rich Reviews 266 on Twitter. Um, and yeah, and I'll leave, basically leave up uh, the Wulong introduction to you. Yes, and listeners, you can find uh, us online at Wulong Talks, where you have a short trailer that will come towards the end of this episode as well, which will give you the opportunity to uh, find out how to follow us and how to interact with us, because we love chatting to you guys, man. You guys are the best. Um, Before we go as well, I've got to give a quick shout out to Rob Wade from uh, Emotion Lily 14. It's part of a, a network that we are a part of, and it's great fun being a part of it. Rob is super helpful to us. He, he really helps us out with our podcast yeah. and, and getting it out there. And the Emotionally 14 Network is amazing as well because it's full up with loads of different podcasts. Uh, some of them are geek-related, some of them aren't. Um, but you get some really top quality stuff on there as well. So it's definitely worth checking out what Rob Wade is doing and uh, having a listen to that as well. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us, everybody. So, um I haven't really got anything else to add. You got anything else to add, Rich? No, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really have much more to add. I think I need to go and um, watch some more WandaVision probably. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. So I can't wait for the next episode of that, to be honest. And I think, as you said at the top, Rich, um, you know, this Disney Plus thing is, is working big time for them, man. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I mean, you know, like we said before, the way how Corona has changed things, and just kick-started certain things that were already there. Wow. Um, I mean, t- 2021 is going to be an interesting year. That, that much that much I can say. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. I mean, we've got uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier on the way. We've got Black Widow on the way as well, which, um, you know, we, we're still not sure whether that's going to appear on Disney Plus or not. But it'll be interesting to see how Disney choose to play that out, considering... Uh, what's happening with the world and stuff but yeah as I said it's it's going to be amazing man amazing year so um yeah we'll keep you informed either way listeners but as I said uh we're going to bring this one to a close so I'm going to say good night uh Rich say good night good night good night and take care of yourselves people and we'll catch you on the next one peace later Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 